ESPN LA 710. And welcome back to the experience. So happy to have world-renowned psychic, Mr. Bill Burns. Welcome to the show, Bill. Thank you for inviting me. Bill, I know a lot of people want to know how your uh, talent works and... Very well. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Oh, well, actually, I'd like to know that as well. So... If somebody out there discovers it, they please call us. Yes. And we'll figure out why it works as well as it does. But it, it does. It, but it does. And we have a couple um, people that are going to be calling in, and we're going to get right on topic with what's happening in 2017 because a lot of people are freaking out. Well, I know, and I understand that. And um, the interesting thing is, Nobody likes change, except the oppressed. And the oppressed love change as long as they don't have to do any work to make it happen. Well, for the last 40 years, there's been over half the country, or almost half the country, oppressed by the other half, who marginalized them and ridiculed them and laughed at them and ignored them and went ahead with their own projects and every time there was an election or every time there was a Supreme Court decision, those people felt the way these people feel today. Mm. And on November 9th, they won. And they said, we're not going to be silent anymore and we don't do things your way and we don't like your way and we've never liked you. And we're going to show you. Mm -hmm. So they aren't freaking out. Is what I'm saying. Yes, yeah. I'm reading like tweets, and uh, this one guy wrote, This is the first time that I've felt a president is actually there for me. That's right. On the other hand, they might have picked a better representative. However, (laughs) you know, really, if you're going to bring change about, you need attention. And so often in human history, attention has been garnered by bullets or bombs. And this was a cartoon figure, mm-hmm. but who understands their pain and doesn't care about everybody else's pain because they've been painless for years or clueless. Is that the same thing? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, now, um, it wasn't something, as you might know, that most psychics could have picked up on. Yeah. It wasn't something I was willing to venture a comment on Um, I think overall for those who are in terror and frustration and worry and panic and anxiety and fear or any of the above Mm -hmm. I doubt it will play out the way it sounds there are checks and balances there are some things that he obviously can change and others he can't There was an interesting news article that said that leaked audio documents have the Republicans admitting that they can't improve on Obamacare. Mm -hmm. So there are realities in life that are stronger than any one person or group of people's efforts. Right. And and that's one thing that I was saying, um, I was discussing with my husband, that there are there are checks and balances in the political system. And I know, I don't know anything about the political system. I know that it's 
a lot of deal making and, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours to, to get things done. Uh, but I was like, I know that there's something in there that prohibits, that will allow for not for people not to take advantage of the system. Oh, but they've been doing it for years. It's just they don't like that another group is going to do it. But it, but we're t- if we're talking about parties, Republicans and Democrats, left, right, whatever. Right. Um, for eight years, it was Democratic, a Democratic president. But before before that, you know, it was Republican. So, but it was the same roadshow. In what way? Nobody made any major significant changes in social programs. They never made any significant changes in the way deals are done in Washington. None of them ever made different arrangements for the problems of the country, like infrastructure and the homeless and the hungry. Well, Obama tried to do the infrastructure, but it was blocked. I understand that. It's the same roadshow. That's how your checks and balances have played out. Okay. Don't make any huge shifts. So when Bush was in a, a president, he he didn't make any major shifts. So the 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 slighted they di- still didn't feel like. No, they weren't heard. So what makes Donald Trump different than George W. Bush? He's not politically correct. Oh yeah. You know, there are a lot, and I'm not on one side or another. I'm a moderate. I'm in the middle. I take the best of what I find from each side, and and that's my focus. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the biggest problems we have is that you can't solve a problem you can't talk about. And political correctness has made it impossible to talk about the real causes of problems. Now, Donald Trump isn't afraid to say those things. They may not be elegant, certainly. (laughs) And sometimes they may not even be true. But he's not afraid to say things as he sees them and stir up the pot. Oh, yeah. But is that his marketing skills, though, or his... What difference? The actual issue is what's he going to do? And the fact is, I'm no expert on Donald Trump, dear God. But the reality is that he's a man that didn't start with a whole lot. And he's made several billion. Billions. Billions. Right. So there's no stupid there. (laughs) There's a lot of clever... There's also very little class, but there's no lack thereof. And I think people that would like to dismiss him are in for a rude awakening. Well, Bill, we have a listener on the line, Tony. He's calling in. Tony, welcome to the show. Thanks, Pat. So what's your question for us? Well, first off, I want to say I'm a big fan of both of you, and uh, I'm looking forward to more shows. Thank you, Tony. So I have a money question. Um, I recently received an inheritance, and uh, I'm looking to make some sound investment strategies. And uh, just, you know, based on this new administration and what might be happening with the markets, I'm not too savvy with investments. But I want to know what's the best 
Well, I think the best strategy for investments is that there is a lot of restriction being removed from companies that will allow them to expand more and be more profitable. So rule number one is look to where the advantage is going. The second thing is there is a burgeoning market in senior care, managed care, uh, live-in care, and senior medications all of which will grow tremendously over the next four or five years. The train has sort of left the station on marijuana, but certainly not on a lot of the newer technologies coming along for medication, like patient-specific adjusted dosage and encoded delivery systems that take the medication to the specific cells for which it's required. And a lot of that is going on in this country under new uh, research. And uh, I don't want to point out any one company for obvious reasons, but they're in the forefront of the medical investigation area, and they are due for some major successes. I also don't think that Amazon has peaked. Oh, wow. And the travel industry will continue to expand and grow, but not the hospitality industry. I mean, the hospitality industry will expand and grow, but the return on the investment won't be as great as the transportation sector will be. Um, But stay away from any transportation that requires cooperation, like railroads. Um, But any of those areas are are really uh, poised to take off. Under this administration, oil will go back to being profitable. Not the way it was but it will go back to being profitable because of the amount of it that will be sold. But um, I would talk with a, you know, with a licensed financial uh, person with these ideas in mind, and they will know how to access some of these companies uh, that stand to benefit from this change in the administration. But there are going to be big changes. Yeah. Um, and one might as well profit from them if one has to live with them. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, and I don't blame you. And all of the things I've mentioned are both short and long-term uh, investment uh, positives. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any other questions, okay. Tony? Not really. I mean, it's it's a limited market out there. Um, you could take your own course, certainly, in one of the local universities and uh, pick up a lot of tips and insights and understandings of how this process works. Um, but really, your best choice is somebody in the industry. If you know somebody that does investments for corporations, that would be an ideal guide. They are not somebody that's trying to push an agenda for a particular client. Mm. They're handling a broader investment strategy, and they plan a little further out, but a lot of their information would be excellent for your needs. Institutional investors. They work for banks. They work, you know, obviously for major corporations and and major investment companies. So as opposed to a stockbroker who is primarily individually based, these are more corporate investors. Yeah. 
Got that? Okay. <laughs> Got it. Thank you, Tony, for calling in. Thank Appreciate you so it. much. Okay. All right. Bye bye. Yeah, and I'm sure that a lot of people who have investments are, were very scared. Well, I know that a lot of people were very scared when they're like, oh, my gosh, my stocks are going to go down. I mean, I mean, I was, but then I was like, ah. Eh, my first like remark that. was that it would go up. You know, it's only an idiot that thinks that when you bring in a business-friendly president, the stocks will drop. Are you calling me an idiot? Yeah, <laughs> but a beautiful one and very intelligent. But I mean, let's let's face it. You bring in somebody that's notoriously business friendly, and you're worried the stock market is going to go down. Well, because of the view of others around the world about him, you know. So what? We're still the biggest generator of product, both tangible and intangible. And anything that's best for our businesses is going to wind up being best for us. Now, other countries may not like it as much. <laughs> Mexico? Well, or Europe. I mean, Europe's a mess. Right. And it's a, it's a global economy. And what happens in one area often affects others. But the reality is that European investors are probably going to invest in us. Really? Well, we're more stable. You've got an economic uh, in a European Union. No matter how many members they have, three, two of the biggest and, and a medium-sized one are bankrupt. They're being supported by one country who just had a rebellion and undermined <laughs> and undermined the strength of their prime minister, and you had one of the biggest trading countries in the country withdraw. Now, where would you put your money? Yeah. Um. And by the way, speaking of that, <laughs> get this off my chest. Come on, Phil, tell me. You have a country. Bankrupt. They desperately want to pull it together to become profitable. Any move they make causes their their people who are affected by this bankruptcy to burn towns in protest about any belt tightening. One burned towns over the fact they were requested to work 35 rather than 30 hours a week and have four rather than eight weeks vacation a year. Oh, the horror. I know. <laughs> France. And do you know what I mean? Because the governments are hamstrung. Mm -hmm. And uh, because they're, they're... But that economy is in bad shape. Germany has been supporting everybody. And that's coming to an end because Miss Merkel lost some of the uh, support she had because of immigration. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that was. So. so I have another question in from a listener, Paige. She wants to know what you think about America electing Trump. Um, what does that say about the psychic state of the country? If we get the leader that we deserve, why do we deserve Trump? Well, I think you deserve Trump because... You've ignored so many people in the country that he was able to mobilize. You also had a candidate that couldn't talk. 
and who relied on old world politics and her so-called popularity. But the matter of fact is that Trump's out making outrageous statements and, and, and going online and being very visible and positive. And she's talking about Trump, not, not issues. I still don't know what her financial direction was going to be. I still have no idea what she was going to do about immigration. I still don't have any idea. So it's hard to vote for somebody that you don't know who they are. It's easy to vote against somebody who's off the rails. Well, well, okay, so it's easier to vote for Trump because he was off the rails no. and saying all this stuff it's that It's easier to vote thought... against somebody who's off the rail like Bernie Sanders. How is Bernie Sanders off the Totally rails? logical, dishonest, and, and uh, talked to everybody about what they wanted with no idea how to pay for it. <laughs> His educational program around would have bankrupted the country. Yeah, I didn't think that was a good idea. Well, that was only one of many. And, of course, he said nothing about taking all that money from the college in Vermont that his wife almost ruined that they paid to get rid of her. He's not a man whose life reflects his principles, just his arrogance. Well, what does Trump reflect? He reflects his deeply held beliefs and his absolute conviction that he can make a difference and narcissism so and egomaniac now that's making a judgment on somebody you don't know i know okay judging by his actions he's he's, determined to change the system he is determined and what how he's going about doing it doesn't seem quote-unquote elegant presidential too bad He's not about being presidential. He's about getting things done. And that's for what the people own, that elected him for his, want him to do. For his own benefit. In what way? F- uh, financially for all the oil to come in and... That's not for his benefit. That's for Exxon and Mobile and Standard and so on. So, but what about the environmental factors that come in when you're building a pipeline and that may harm water? And Flint, Michigan, still doesn't have clean water. You know, wait a minute. Yes, I'm going off, Bill. Go ahead. Flint, Thank Michigan you. has nothing to do with the oil pipeline. Well, it has has, it has to, to do, do with, with the cheap mayor. Yes, and politicians. That... Well, the, but they're in Flint. Flint's never had anything once the oil industry left. Uh, but the reality is that um, we've had very few problems with pipelines. Not the Alaska pipeline, any of the pipelines that are in place. So let's talk about that, this reality thing. And I was, you know, I'm, I was brought up in a way where it was reactive and you're thinking about all these bad things that are going to happen. And, you know, I was depressed for a couple weeks, you yeah. know, and yeah. it's like, Thinking of all the crazy things that are going to happen and what, how, how do you my know? Time... Right, because I was going down that rabbit right. hole. So, so stay where your feet are. I understand, but when you're well, reading... I'm also answering her question. Oh, okay. I haven't forgotten about you. Oh, Paige, yeah. Uh, stay where your feet are. Yeah, and and see how it plays out. He's already changed a lot of the things that were part of his rhetoric when he was running for office. 
He's already modified some of the things he already started to put in place. So wait and see before you jump to conclusions what actually happens. She also says, uh, I don't think he's a good businessman. I think that's all fake. I think he's bankrupt and in tons of debt, hence why he won't release his tax returns. I think he's the result of two dark sides that uh, of the American personality, fear and the other and unwillingness to take personal responsibility or deal with complex issues, hence build a wall, simple, poor solution to a complex pro- problem. So she says... He doesn't want to face complex issues. He doesn't want to deal with... Um, let's see. So she, she, she's, he, she doesn't feel that he's a good businessman, that he's Forget fake. that part. Okay, uh, he's bankrupt. Uh, he's not bankrupt, but go ahead. Okay, he doesn't want to release his tax returns to show that he's bankrupt. Okay, I think uh, he's the result of two dark sides of American personality, fear of the other... And unwillingness to take personal responsibility or... Absolutely, and that's all of America. It's not Trump. It's all of America. And we're just trading one side of that coin for another. We're trading one side of personal responsibility for... No, 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 no. They don't. Nobody has personal responsibility. Oh. Nobody wants to take personal responsibility. They don't want to blame. Okay. So how are we taking one side for the other. Well, now you've got somebody that's calling what he's doing and doing it. And uh, before, the American public wasn't really informed about how badly things were going Mm. and how off track they may have been. And it's all been nice, one big, cozy little (laughs) knitting circle and little sniping at each other, but nobody's taking responsibility. Nobody wants to deal with the cause of the problem because they can't talk about it because it's politically incorrect. The cause of the problem, racism? Anyone. They don't want to talk about it because it's not politically correct. You can't talk about fat. You can't talk about money. You can't talk about race. You can't talk about who creates the crime. You can't talk about percentages. You can't talk about how many people are in jail and what nationality or race they are because if you talk about that, it's racist. And if you don't talk about it, you can't solve the problem because you don't know where to put the money to solve the problem. Look. They did a huge study in, I think, the late 80s, early 90s because they wanted to go to what they call prevention of crime. Shock. So they did a study to find out where the money needed to be invested to reduce crime. So they came back with the report. And the report said 94% of the people in prison are black or Latino. You can't publish that. That's racist. So they scrapped it. And they allocated the money on the basis of population, so the Uh, whites got all of the money. Right, because all the prisons This has been that way all along. Simple solutions, Reagan eliminated mental health care. But it balanced the budget. So everybody's thrilled. You know, the, the left is every bit as bad as they blame the right for being. Because they are right for that, but neither side is is facing realities. Neither side, right? And, and I understand. And and Bill, you you said that you're neither. You're a, what? 
you're I'm a moderate. A moderate. Right. Um I I don't like politics. You know, I don't but blame poli- you. politics is in everything, right? So what what I'm seeing is such a huge divide now. I knew that there were racist people in America, but I didn't know that there were that many racist people. Because they because the ruling group marginalized them and hid them from you. Because they didn't fit their agenda. And as I said at the beginning of the program, their side has finally won. So, in saying that, how can we as Americans come together when it seems like we're being even more divided with the left and the right? You go on Twitter, it's nothing but, you know... You want to answer the question? You can't. You can't because nobody wants to compromise. You know, politicians have a bad rep, and some of them deservedly so. But most politicians sincerely want to make a difference. The political life is no easy path. It's like running for the Academy Award every year. (laughs) In order to get elected. But when their electorate won't allow them to cooperate, they can't do it. Or they won't get reelected. Mm-hmm. And what small amount of contribution they'd be able to make would be lost. But the electorate doesn't get blamed. They do. Right. Congress is deadlocked because the people are deadlocked, not because the politicians are deadlocked. Now, there are a few jerks in there, obviously, that are fortunately self-explanatory. But... The reality is that Congress is deadlocked because the American people are deadlocked. The right will not face the causes of problems and wants to continue to issue band-aids at whatever price. The right wants to control everything to their way of thinking and their belief system. But don't you think the wall that Trump wants to build, isn't that a band-aid? We know the immigration system is broken. Why build a wall? Why that not? that's going to be that is going to that's just a band aid. That's on not the all he did. He doubled the border patrol pop, uh, employment. He's attacking all areas of that immigration problem. Now, the fallacy is that it is not foreigners that took American jobs. And it is not foreigners that destroyed the middle class. It's the unions. Oh, no, Bill. Come on. yes. It's not the unions. Don't talk about the unions. When you're being paid $45 (laughs) to tighten a screw that costs 56 cents in Mexico, company can't compete. The unions drove wages up so high that they forced General Motors into bankruptcy, if you can imagine such a thing. And it's the union members that are screaming that it's the illegals that are taking their jobs. No, it's not. It's their greed, as manifested by the union's unwillingness to cooperate and get these people paid outrageous sums of money to do menial tasks. 
I mean, there's a guy in General Electric pushing a broom right this very day, makes $35 an hour, plus benefits. So, and then you go to schools, and the unions won't allow bad teachers to be fired, so the good teachers lose morale. So you want to know where the jobs in America went and the middle class went? It's square on the union's shoulders. They went from being a protection of the worker to a raper of Dang. business. Of business. You hold no bars. Is That's that right. The, what is that the phrase? You hold bar none. Well, hold. <laughs> I say it like I see it. You say it like you see it. I know. It. <laughs> and you know, every union member will scream at that without yes. paying a word of attention to what I said. Because then we'll look at that. So what are you saying? That we're all living in a, a fantasy fantasy land? No, what I'm saying is they're out of work. Reality presented itself. Middle class is gone because it was supported by those union workers who were making too much money for what they were doing, and the economy couldn't support it. Do you see any changes of hmm. those types of... Yeah, and I think some of what Trump is doing is going to force issues up for discussion. It's going to force people to start to look beyond the surface and start to get at what the cause of the problem is. Because if, if Trump is taking action, then somebody better be looking at what it's going, what it's affecting. Is it effective? Can we live with it? Will it work? And nobody wants to look at all that. They just want to blame Trump or blame Obama or blame whomever. Blame isn't where it stands, Bill. No, but that's what got Trump elected. Oh. Dang. Even the Democrats undermined their own candidate. And, can you give me... I don't yeah, know. in in the... Uh, in the... Um, private server situation. Oh. It was clear there was no fault there at all. And instead of standing up and assisting it stay there, they encouraged the Republicans to go ahead with their smear campaign. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. nobody wants to face a reality. And as a result, you get, a, you get the government you deserve. <laughs> and she asked the question, if we get the government we deserve, why do we get Trump? And everything I've been saying is why. Now, Trump's smart enough to avoid facts. So he has not alienated the American worker by saying it's the unions that push jobs up. Also, try to make a difference between Trump the man and Trump the president. Trump the man can be a scumbag. <laughs> Four bankruptcies, doesn't pay people, etc. Don't think for a minute he's bankrupt. He doesn't have as much money as he says he does, but he's got several billion. I'd settle for one of them. <laughs> um, and he got it by being shrewd. And dishonest, perhaps, but shrewd. And he's going to bring that to the political table. And he's going to get a lot of stuff done that nobody's gotten done, and he's going to talk about a lot of stuff that nobody wants to talk about. But that doesn't mean it shouldn't be talked about. Mm. And it doesn't mean it shouldn't be done. And if he wants to get infrastructure repaired, I mean, people have no idea how bad the bridges and highways no? and, yes. and, and water systems and electrical systems yes. in this country are. And the reason they don't know how bad they are is because it's not politically popular to talk about. 
people don't want to invest money in infrastructure. They want glamour. Mm-hmm. So they haven't wanted to talk about infrastructure, and now it's collapsing from under them. Yeah. So if Trump wants to come into something about infrastructure, I'll give you $10 to donuts, he'll do it. Maybe not all of it, but he'll make a significant dent in it. I'm Laferne Cusack, and this is Experience here on ESPN LA, speaking with Mr. Bill Burns, world-renowned psychic. If you want more information, please go to BillBurns.org. I feel like you and like my husband, he works for a, a recovery clinic. And every day it, it feels like th- you, you guys are saving lives. You are actually doing something to help our world be better. And I was sitting there going, well, what am I doing? Okay, yeah, I'm doing a radio show. Okay, I'm bringing issues to our community. And, and then it's like, how... How can how can we contribute, you know, to a bigger sense, a bigger need? And, you know, and then the march happened, you know, and people were marching and, you know, you know, I was recording that day. I, I, I couldn't participate, but some people were saying like the march can, it doesn't do anything. But doesn't. What, but why? But it gives people a chance to express themselves. Which is needed. But like every rebellion, it has no agenda. And it winds up where it started. No revolution, including the Ameri- except the American Revolution, ever got people moved forward. Because they're about rebelling against, not building. That's what made the American Revolution built different. It was about building a different society. So when they won, they knew what they wanted to do, and they knew what they wanted to put in place. Mm-hmm. But uh, most people have no idea about that. But I think the march is important in, in an influential way, not in a change way. And one, one last thing before we move on from, from this, maybe. <laughs> you think we'll ever so, move on? Will we ever move on? No. Um, so a, a lot of things that we're going over, what are, what's trending today? The number one thing trending is the Muslim ban. So Trump's putting a lot of bans on, on all these countries of, you know, immigrants coming in or whatever. Um, for, for me looking at that and not reading into all the politics behind it and going on, I'm like, oh my gosh, how can you ban people? We, you know, we... We're all immigrants here in America. Like, Bill, how can you ban people from coming to America? You ban them. <laughs> how can that be a good idea? Aren't you Would like. You stop. People are not all the same. So it isn't so much people as threat that he's barring. And until there's a better way to distinguish threat, He's putting up a barrier against the people that are most apt to carry it. But isn't that a... Uh, that's an assumption, right? No, there's plenty of evidence. Um, hold on, we we have a, we have another caller here. Hi, who's this? Uh, my name is Kamal. Hi, Kamal. Uh, what's your question for us? Um, I guess my question is, you know, today I've read that Trump is stopping certain refugees and certain visas from certain countries from coming into the state. And I'm watching 
I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm totally on your ship on that item. Good. Um, Excellent. I totally agree with it. I think that the bands at the moment are in place until we can get a better way of screening who's a threat and who's not. It's a little like when you have a pandemic of a disease, you try to limit as much contact with that disease as possible until you know who the carriers are and can isolate it. So I think we need to look beyond the band and figure out how we are going to better qualify the people coming in and, as you said, raise the domestic well-being. And I'd like to see it raised by being earned, not by being enabled. You, you know, I like workfare instead of welfare. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I, I canceled my ticket. Yeah, I did too. I told my wife, Dave, sorry, we can't go to Syria or Iran this year. No, even though we gave him $13 billion, but I don't know. And there, it's thank you, I'm glad somebody is awake. It's like we give billions of dollars to Iran, to Syria, to Israel, but we live in Los Angeles where there's 40,000 homeless people on any given day. Billion dollars for the homeless would do wonders. I, w- I am with you. So it's like we trade the third world, the third world status for our own citizens to try to have some type of police effort in the Middle East. It's like it's just for oil. Forget oil. Everybody buy a Tesla. <coughs> we are in de- we're oil independent. We do not need Middle Eastern oil anymore. Well, we're get- we're going to get it from Germany. I mean, or, or Russia. I'm yeah, sorry, Russia. I hate to say it, but if this pipeline mm-hmm. in North Dakota, mm-hmm. from what I understand, that would help. Right. And yes, that oil is earmarked to South America, but it would still limit the amount of oil dependence that we would have. That's right. You're 100% so, right. I don't think that it should go to the natives. I think it should go through the original neighborhood, mostly of a small white people, and Build the pipeline and keep it moving. So, Kamau, are you are you interested or concerned about the environmental issues? Lafayne, I what I'm interested and concerned with are some nas- some world issues. And the world issue number one is terrorism, right? The world issue number two is our reliance on on oil. I think that we can kill two birds with one stone by choosing and seeking alternative fuel. That way, we don't have to worry about Afghanistan, 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 and we don't have to worry about killing the environment. Well, I think you're right, but I still think, and I said earlier, there's very little environmental problems with pipelines traditionally and historically. So the fear, me- yeah, so the fear mentality, you know, peters out, so to speak. But, um, but and I and I agree with you. And I think a lot of the countries we give money to, we give money to because of the demands of the citizens here. Thank you. Thank you. I love this guy. I love him. Well, thank, thank you for tuning in. Do you have any other uh, questions, Kamau? I don't. I don't. Happy New Year. You're a joy. I hope you call back. Happy New Year to you. <laughs>
Thank you. Bye bye. Well, a lot of people that that a lot of people are really not informed True. with what what's happening, and you know, I am one of them, and I can say that I look at some headlines and I'm like, uh, I can't, I just can't. But I think we're a society of looking at headlines and not actively and taking what that article says or what we read online and having it as fact instead of you know actively seeking our own research and coming up with a conclusion i have yet to read an article that made any sense with the headline the headline is there to get you to click on it the article doesn't bear any relationship to the headline and so that alone would change your your focus a very very famous man said the key to a great nation is an educated populace and nobody wants to be educated word um bill another thing we're talking about uh because i uh, you know i i love sports as well um how you know you you have kaepernick taking a knee and a lot of the distractions for the political you know like athletes taking a stand for certain political issues and a lot of people are like athletes just need to stay athletes and actors you know need to stay out of politics um, for for me, it's like bringing another level to you know a, aware of awareness. Well, you know, we talk about actors and we talk about sports figures. They're very similar. They are people that have to have intense, single-minded focus for for a period of time to achieve a goal. And then they need to relax and recover. Something most people don't realize. And they both have to work very, very, very hard at their craft if they're going to be successful. My attitude is that sports figures and actors have earned the right to be heard. If somebody wants to feel they give it too much influence, then let that person go out and accomplish something and then they can speak. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's true that actors, although we've noticed a split recently, that actors tend to be liberal. That same mindless liberal that only has good ideas but doesn't worry about how it turns out and doesn't really care whether people learn how to do things as long as they can glorify themselves in helping them. But, and I think sports figures have... Whether they want to or not, they are role models. Not so much actors because they have a very checkered history. (laughs) Well, but, you know, nobody really expects them to hold up a high set of standards and morals. But the sports figure is seen as all that's right with the Americans. Mm -hmm. Um, Dedication, commitment, certainly they have that. They, they work very hard. They hone their talent or their abilities, as the case may be, and, and they achieve. And as such, they have a right to comment. Now, in an earlier show, we talked about them as role models. Mm-hmm. And I said parents should not use sports figures as role models. They should use them as models of accomplishment. 
Right. But they have no right to demand that they not be human. Well, this is the other side of that coin. They have a right as human to express their opinion. And because they have a forum, that forum is going to broadcast their opinion. But what about the people that feel that bringing in issues, uh, it it limits their ability for success, like going out on a boat before, you know, playoff or partying before, you know. Is there any evidence that it has affected their efficiency or effectiveness? Well, some people say because such and such didn't make it to this, you know, the big game. They have game no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> But and, and they're right. I mean, there need to be standards of performance. But that isn't what you asked me about. You asked me about commenting on national issues. And they have a right to do that. Yeah. And they have a right to be heard. And they have a right to be a loud voice because they've achieved a lot. Yeah, I totally agree. I think you can be a talking head, but I think if you, what is it, if you don't stand for anything, you... You don't right. The only whatever. one that's a talking head that's effective is a news anchor. They have a right to not take a side because they have an obligation to present information. Well, a lot of, um, well, you know, Trump put on CNN that they're not. I'm not interested in Trump's opinion. Oh, okay. So, but what about the journalistic integrity now? Was... Like a lot of journalists are feeling slighted because there are a lot of journalists that go out and not try to get the clicks but actually try no question I talked about talking heads and news anchors I think that there's no such thing as a profession of reporting anymore it's a matter of clicks it's to be as sensational as you can be to get the attention and get get the clicks there are some really dedicated journalists out there but it's hard for them to get heard outside of the New York Times or Boston Globe or one of the more ethical, maybe the LA Times. But um, most people don't want to take the time to read a newspaper and get a straight story. They want the quick click. And these journalists are out there to get the clicks and feed that insatiable requirement. People more know more about the Kardashians than they do about their elected representatives. <laughs> yes. They do. Yes. Well, whose fault is that? It's not the Kardashians' fault. Yeah. No. Um, they just made the best of a big thing they could. And um, <laughs> but, uh, but it's us as a population that doesn't want to be bothered learning. Doesn't want to be bothered understanding or knowing behind. So in a sports figure who puts in a huge amount of work to be the best at what they can be. doesn't make them an intellectual genius. It doesn't make them an expert on anything. But they have an opinion. And they have a right to express it. And work for it. I mean, you know... I can't imagine anybody telling me that, well, affirm because you're on the radio, you can't have these this opinion. It, it, or... Yeah, it depends, however... Yeah. On your type of show. Right, right. But I will tell you, there is more biased political skullduggery with the Koch brothers than there is with the entire Hollywood and and sports market together. Because they have the money. Mm-hmm. So how, you know, we were talking about the show and, you know, how we can um, help people become 
or take more accountability, have more personal responsibility, personal. All right. Well, let's take sports for a second. How can people have personal accountability if they're not allowed to express it? You know, a sports figure that kneels down on the field because he's got a very burning political idea may be not traditional and it may be offensive to some people, but it's a wake-up call. And if paying attention to his message rather than what he's doing was the way of the American people, we'd all grow up. Whether they agree with him or disagree with me, if they'd listen to his message, they'd be better educated. Yes. And um, and I think there's a lot of racism in their reaction. If it had been a white player, there would have been much different reaction. And I think we need to acknowledge that and see it. Do we? Th- do you think that's going to get any better? I mean, opening opening up the eyes of many people that have barriers to race. Well, no, because they're not willing to look at political correctness. Doesn't allow them to speak honestly about race, and so we have a dual message. Let's take one single issue, and I know this is contentious, but I don't ever contentious. (laughs) Contentious? Anyway. All right, Black Lives Matter. Yes. My first question is to whom? Certainly not to the black community, because they kill more of their own than anybody else does, number one. Number two, who creates the most crime? But we're not allowed to say that, but everybody knows it. So if we have a dishonest interaction here, you're going to have bias. You're going to have prejudice. Because there's no honesty. Last year, white policemen killed more white people than black. Even though far fewer white people create crime. But that's not allowed to be put out there because it's not politically correct. And so people who follow Trump say, why not? Everybody says, oh, you're upsetting the apple cart. That's terrible. But but there is, there is an issue, though, that's black people, black men are being killed. Men and women are being killed. Right. So. So are whites. Okay. So, so but are whites. We're not allowed to look at that. Not politically correct. And yes, the police that overstep their bounds need to be contained. And they need to be punished. And they have a right to be. But they're not with the whites they kill. So all I'm saying is, bigotry is the ability to dehumanize somebody so that you can beat up on them. You have to dehumanize somebody before you can be a bigot. So if you make people human, honestly, it's harder to turn against them. A lot of baggage. Now, let's take another group of people. Let's take the Latino people. Let's leave illegal aliens out of it for a minute. The Latino people come in, get businesses, They don't spend money on the street corner. They sell things. They're two-thirds of the government of the second largest city in America. Right. The Koreans have moved in. The other Asians have moved in. 
form their own businesses, form their own areas. There's no bias or prejudice toward them. They've earned their place. The trouble is that the black race got brought in here, or the black people got brought in here under false pretenses yeah. and, and in an illegal way. But once the Emancipation Proclamation took effect, it was their responsibility to build a culture, and they didn't do it. And they didn't do it because the liberals stepped in and made it too easy to not do it. Oh my God, they've been persecuted. We have to take care of them. No, you shouldn't make them go to school. No, if they can't learn, no, they shouldn't be put in a different class because that caters to people who can't learn quickly because, you know, it marginalizes them. Get over it. They can't learn. Put them in a class where they can. And don't hold everybody else back. They'll catch up. <laughs> They're smart. Right. But they need somebody to teach them at their level so that they get their feet under them and learn. But that's too complicated for a liberal mind. Oh, no, no, no. We just have to take it. No, no. Everybody should take the same test. And, and no, if we take the lowest grade and we scale everything to the lowest grade. But there are... There are with built within the system things that prohibit African Americans from X, Y, and Z. Yeah, the help they've been given. This is they can't have a man in the family if they're going to get rich help. There's nothing. Instead of being able to give that money to the African American community to prevent crime, it went to the whites because it was politically incorrect to say that they had the most criminals. You know, the reality is you're never going to get rid of true bigotry. But by educating the population and bringing people along so they can earn credibility and respect, you get rid of, of the gratuitous well, bigotry. Well, going back to the Black Lives Matters, no, I don't. So a, a lot of the um, comments and what their goals and um, what they're saying makes sense in educating the police department. Um, the police that, you know, are trigger happy because of whatever restrictions or whatever, you know, there is something positive that can come out of that. Maybe, maybe. Until you look at the fact that when they go into that community to police, nobody will help, nobody will back them up. They're as much as danger from the population as they are from the criminal. And they're not supposed to be hyper-reactive. And they're not supposed to react to threat. If you want respect in your community, you give respect. You're asking the police, many of whom are black, to go into your community and you won't help them. You want them to keep you safe, but you don't want to turn in the drug dealer or anybody else that's in your neighborhood because you might get hurt. But with going back to Colin Kaepernick, that's what he's doing. He's going to the police and the community and getting them together and creating these this um, conversation. I understand that, and I'm all in favor of what he's doing. But that's not Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is a reactive, hyper-protective, ignore-a-fact, razor of self-pity. Protect us, but we won't help you. We'll even work against you, but we expect you to respect us and do things exactly the way we want them, but we want to be saved. I don't want to be saved, Bill. I don't want to be saved. You already <laughs> saved, girl. You're already saved. Um, so uh, let's leave it on a positive note because you sure have said a lot of things that I am just pondering, and I'm sure I'll, I'll bring it up next time. But um, 
how can we as people as as you know let let's go let's go forth and prosper bill let's how can we go out and actually do some good versus not, left and right and right and wrong not and, overnight if you want to turn things around start taking responsibility for your own behavior so if you get a speeding ticket you thank the cop if you're doing something wrong and somebody calls you out you don't give them the finger and try to beat them up if you cut somebody off in traffic and they blow the horn don't give them the finger start taking responsibility for your own behavior if you've gotten a very expensive dress from Nordstrom don't wear it to the party and then return it oh <laughs> they do it all the time in fact there's a whole article Nordstrom has had to totally restructure their return policy oh, really? because of these thieves at all levels mostly money people it's a problem Neiman's has coped with for years um but at all levels of society there is a dishonesty that we choose to get away with if we can. If we start taking responsibility for our own behavior and our own actions, that will communicate itself. And that's something we can teach our kids. Oh, yeah. Helicopter parenting is the exact opposite of integrity. And so we're raising a group of people who don't know how to take responsibility, who can't even move out of their parents' house at 35 because they don't know how to get a job and the parent is so protective they don't want them to move out right and the parents are calling asking right. or doing their child's resume asking to get right. a job and i'm like wait a second what you're calling for your son right so start <laughs> taking responsibility for your own behavior and you'll turn the country around in 15 in 15 years yeah. mr bill burns world-renowned psychic if you want more information, please go to BillBurns.org. Uh, thank you so much, Bill. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been so fun. Yay. Thanks again. See you next week here on ESPN LA 710. ESPN LA 710.